0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only,
1: exclusions apply.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Russell Amix Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting live and on demand from Buffalo, New York, where today is Easter Sunday. April 17th, 2022, Uh, it is, it was snowing this morning, there is, uh, I think there's still some snow on the ground, there's some snow on on this tree here, here in Buffalo, New York, it's snowing on Easter in Buffalo, you're trying to shake the stereotype of being, oh, it's Buffalo, there's got to be snow, but no, it's it's snowing on Easter in April, the middle of April, it's past tax day. Join me from my immediate south, where it's probably even worse because it's even worse in the south towns. I don't know why anybody would live there, but Chris Gull does. Joining me is a announcer and comedian, Chris Gull.
1: Yeah, it is a very snowy uh, Easter morning here in uh, Buffalo, New York, but uh, I am happy to be here. We have a fun show. Uh, We're going to talk about what this Warner Discovery merger is. Uh, in the aspect of how it's going to affect AW, uh, we're also going to discuss WB running a live stadium show in the UK in September, as well as, uh, we now know when we're going to get the first, uh, quarter, uh, results, uh, for WB business, as well as, uh, a little bit of, uh, digging into what this Brett Lauderdale, Stephanie McMahon picture could be uh, with uh, Lauderdale's comments on his recent podcast. So that and a lot more here on yes. this Sunday morning edition of WrestleNomics Radio.
0: Yes. Um, if you uh, would like to, to send in a super chat, Chris Cole, how can they do that?
1: Yep, so actually uh, right there on the YouTube feed, uh, you can just click uh, the Super Chat button there. It's got the little dollar sign, and you can put, I think, starts at a dollar in any amount that you feel suffice. You ask a question. If it's relatable to the topic we're talking about, we will uh, ask it. If it's not, it will be asked in this show. Don't worry. Okay. Where, where do you want to begin here? Um, We're, we're going to start uh here uh, with... Well, might as well start with, I would think, maybe the biggest story to really break down this week. And that is the uh, merger that is happening with Warner Brothers and uh, Discovery and how it's going to affect AEW. Yes. So this is
0: in the works for a long time. The merger of um, Discovery with Warner Media. Um, Warner uh, Media was formerly owned by what company, Chris? The
1: Warner Media was formerly Time Warner which was
0: what what, well someone acquired i think aol time warrior yeah but who acquired it and and is now getting rid
1: of it Uh, who's your who's your cell phone provider my well my 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 cell phone provider isn't what the the answer is no (laughs) my cell provider is mint mobile but uh (laughs) um are you thinking uh (laughs) spectrum or horizon those are no 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 um at&t at&t at&t
0: Decided to much like I guess Comcast decided to acquire NBC Universal, um, because AT and T even owns at least Direct TV. Um. Yes, that I know. I, I know they own Direct TV. Yeah. So AT and T's you know involved in in cable distribution, so they figured I guess it was a good good idea to acquire a, a conglomerate of TV networks, which is what Warner Media is. Of course, Warner Media is HBO. It's TNT, TBS, True TV Um gosh what else what else is in in the Warner Media universe um CW uh, CW who could forget CW on broadcast um i think that's partially owned anyway um yeah i guess that wasn't working out for them and they decide to spin it off and discovery is merging so n- i don't think any, anybody's being acquired here but they're merging with discovery And i know some people are are wondering why is what is perceptibly a a bigger company in Warner Media being acquired by Discovery. It's not quite being acquired, it's being merged. Um, and the CEO of Discovery is now the CEO of this merged
1: company, Warner Brothers Discovery. Who is the CEO
0: of Discovery?
1: The uh, CEO of Discovery here. Uh, so you're putting me on the spot. I wasn't yes. ready. had a question for you. <laughs> like, um, who, who is dear. this man for people watching on YouTube? Who
0: who's the man on on the right side of the screen, looking sternly with his legs crossed? Who is this man?
1: Some, uh, his, his
0: friends I call him know. Zaz. Okay, as David Zaslav. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it's it. <laughs> you're so putting it's, me on the spot, Brandon. You're running. These- <laughs> and um,
0: so this is let's let's get to the point here. How how this relates to wrestling? This is reminding people a lot of a certain time, especially if you're a wrestling historian and you and you rely heavily heavily on, on wrestling history to inform your view of current wrestling business. This sounds, Chris Gullow, this sounds a lot like a certain situation in 2001, doesn't it?
1: Uh, yes and no. Yes, there was an AOL Time Warner merger in 2001 when WCW was owned by Time Warner. You,
0: you, you say that like that? that's not the case today. In in the case of AEW, uh, no. AW who owns AEW? Uh,
1: Tony Khan and, and and we're the Khan family. And we're and we're sure that there's
0: no TV company that uh, owns a stake in AEW. I
1: mean, I'm pretty positive that they don't now. Like, obviously, they you, he you know do, they do are you, on the.
0: We, Warner this Warner hasn't been reported anywhere. I'm not reporting this, but I I would not be surprised if Warner Media owns a minority stake in AEW as a part of their agreements to be their broadcast partner. Um, yeah, I, I I was told something uh, this week that made me more confident of that. I don't know that for a fact. That's my belief, let's call it, that Warner Media probably owns a minority stake in this company, in, in AEW. Um, so that's not the same thing still as WCW being owned by Time Warner in 2001. That is a different different story I'm not saying that I'm I'm certain I'm sure I'm very confident that the Khan family owns control of aW um
1: I had a business question uh you threw me off with of the David's ass stuff but I had a business question I was going to ask you yes. with this because we are in the age of streaming is this the first time that two companies that own streaming services have merged together in the aspect of these are two really com- HBO max and discovery plus are honestly two competing stream service streaming well, services. I think it's, it
0: could, it could probably become semantic, right? Like two, I believe say Tubi was an independent company. and I believe Fox acquired them and maybe Fox already had, I don't know. Maybe but maybe Fox didn't have any streaming at that point. I mean, yeah. streaming becomes I'm sure somewhere there's somebody with a very small streaming service who's you know has been acquired by by somebody. Um, but on this level, which is probably what you're kind of kind of getting at. I probably yeah. not uh in, in this age of streaming, but um no, uh but that's going to ch- so what, what happened with WCW? Um what what led to the downfall of WCW?
1: Who killed well, who, ki- who? who killed? wcw okay so the narrative is jamie kellner but if you read the nitro book there was a lot more factors than jamie kellner just not liking wrestling um i I, his name escapes me there was a well, first off, there was a guy, there was a uh, Time Warner executive that was working for WWE at the time of the purchase of WCW, uh, who happened to be fraternity brothers with a higher up in Time Warner as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I will say so, Between
1: the Sheets did a, did a great uh, series
0: of, yes. of Patreon podcasts covering the downfall of WCW, um, where they go over all, all of the the politics that may have been playing into WCW ultimately being canceled from, from Turner networks. Um, Yeah. Between that and the
1: Nitro book, just tremendous.
0: Yeah. But um, some of the narrative in, in in popular wrestling media culture, that's a thing is that Jamie Kellner decided he didn't like wrestling, canceled it. Uh, Who are, and and the lesson that we have learned from this as wrestling historians is that the rhetorical question, who are the most powerful people in wrestling? Is it Vince McMahon? Is it, Eric Bischoff, is it Ted Turner? Is it Tony Khan? Who are the most powerful people in wrestling? Ah, tricked you. It's not wrestling executives, it's TV executives. Because wrestling needs TV, otherwise it's kind of irrelevant. Um, And Jamie Kellner was the most powerful person in in WCW at that point, or affecting WCW. So, lesson learned, David Zaslav is the most powerful person
1: in wrestling today, correct? I mean, uh, yeah, they would be larger than, well, no, no. Whoever the executive at a uh, NBC Comcast, would uh, be Brian probably. Roberts, Brian Roberts. Yes. Uh,
0: any, anyway, uh, is this is this the same? Is this different? Is this, I believe this is drastically different. I believe, in fact, two thousand one is not twenty twenty two. They are, in fact, different years that are some twenty one years apart. But maybe the ratings play somewhat into this. Um, by by the by, two thousand one, uh, which is the last year that WCW was around, they. Had decisively uh, been beaten by Raw in the in the Monday Night Wars. I almost said Wednesday Night Wars Uh, for people watching on YouTube. There's a chart charting the entirety of the Monday Night Wars. There, where you can see Raw in the red going well ahead of WCW in the purple, uh, even as Raw was starting to cool off in the ratings. Um, WCW not only was being beaten in the ratings, and by the way, I I don't know where um, where Nitro would stack up in the rank, which is what we really focus on here to assess a program's TV value. If you're really highly ranked, you're probably really valuable. If you're less highly ranked, you're probably not that valuable. Um, But, so I don't know where they, where they ranked. I know Gullah was, was filing, you know, going through some ratings Ryan, maybe we'll, we'll look into that deeper some other Mm -hmm. time. Um, But not only were the TV ratings declining and well behind its, its competitor, but pay-per-view buys were down uh, certainly off from their peak, but even those last few, those last uh, WCW pay-per-views were even less bought than, say, 95, you know, pay-per-views in 95 and 96. Uh, house show business. Had really cooled off as well I bet and I, and I bet there's some support for this in the in the Nitro book and and lots of wrestling history that I bet managing WCW was a bit of a headache for the people at Time Warner who are overseeing WCW just a guess on my part um so there's that um whereas we look
1: at the two yeah. is ad too. Ad buys were not good for WCW programming compared to most stuff on TBS and TNT. Okay. Um, at that time period. Yeah, you know.
0: and I think um, maybe one of the things I, I gathered from the Between the Sheets uh, podcast on on the subject, and which which sounds right, is that the the visions for for TNT and TBS, which were the networks at the time that were broadcasting Nitro and Thunder, uh, those were those visions for what those networks were going to be was changing. Um, and then that plays a big role to this day in what ends up on a network. Does this show, does this wrestling show fit into, to the vision for the network? It's not going to be a wrestling show on the food network. You know, that is a discovery property, but I, unless you, unless we're come up with some sort of food fighting themed wrestling show, that's not going to be on the food network. Someone's going to pitch that now.
1: Um, <laughs> Bobby Flay versus the world, literally wrestling.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Guy Fieri is someone's manager. Anyway, um, in this case, we have an AEW that seems to be uh, on an upward trajectory um, in some areas. We'll talk about maybe some other questionable areas here for AEW, but this is a program whose rank has improved of late um, in a lot of ways. I we I would argue that AEW has. Uh, while it's a much, much smaller business, it's about one tenth, one eighth of the business in terms of revenue that WWE is, um, it has a lot more upward mobility to grow its popularity and to become a stronger competitor of WWE over time. It's also improved its rank among programs. Generally, Raw and SmackDown are still doing very well and doing better than AEW is in that ranking in 18 to 49, um. We're focusing on 18 to 49 here because that's what determines the ad rates. That's probably what plays more into uh, TV rights value than total viewership does. Probably not as much of a discrepancy in 2001 when there wasn't such an age bias, an age skew in television viewership, linear television viewership. Anyway, um, so Dynamite's ratings look pretty good. There's... They're, they've been doing number three lately behind the two NBA games on ESPN in recent weeks. Um, there's been a number of times, though, where, uh, and then when I say number one, I mean among cable originals. Uh, what we're showing on the screen here includes broadcast primetime even, because we have to include SmackDown here. Um, so there's that. TV ratings are pretty strong. Um, and so why why would Discovery, or the merged Warner Discovery, cancel or not bid aggressively for for aew in the next round by the way the the tv rights deal for aew that will expire assuming they will or already have picked up the one-year option aew's u.s tv rights deal will expire in december 2024 and i suppose the speculation would be that huh there's new management involved, maybe they won't be as hot about the idea of having wrestling on their networks and they won't won't bid aggressively for it or won't really show interest in it at all and then what will happen and the the question in that scenario would be, well, is there interest from other TV networks for? AEW, would there be, I mean, who would even be the potential players at that point? You've already had NBCU taken. It's questionable whether Fox would continue to want to deal, uh, would, would, would win or want to continue to, to have SmackDown on. I don't know. Um, Viacom, CBS, or excuse me, they've been rebranded to Paramount, is the one big traditional network conglomerate that doesn't have wrestling right now. So that player is out there. Then there's a bunch of digital players, but ultimately, I think... Uh, a, a wrestling program, a mainstream wrestling program of the likes of W or needs to be on a high reach platform and needs to to be regularly on old-fashioned traditional TV as much as people listening who may be younger may, may think that nobody watches traditional TV anymore. It still makes up the majority of the, of the TV time that human beings in the United States spend uh, looking at, a, at at a TV set's traditional TV. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, where was I going? Um, I think it's unlikely. This was ultimately the point we've been building up to here. I think it's unlikely that AEW will be in any kind of trouble about interest in their TV rights because of the merger of Warner and Discovery. Why? Uh, for one thing, um, AEW is deeply involved with Warner Media, not just domestically, but internationally too. Um, now, that might have been the case with WCW and Time Warner. I don't know. But but uh, it's worth pointing out that AEW is being broadcast on TNT Siri in Germany. It's a Warner Media property. They're being broadcast on space in Latin America. It's a Warner Media property. TNT Africa, it's a Warner Media property. Toonami in France, it's a Warner Media property. Uh, they're also just made a deal. Actually, that the deal was announced after, conspicuously after, the announcement of the merger of Warner Media and Discovery is announced that they have a deal in India. AW has a deal in India and they're now being broadcast on Eurosport. Who owns Eurosport? Discovery. There be. Discovery. Um oh. so almost almost done. Um Warner Media. We have a super chat okay. Right. <laughs> Great. Uh almost done. Uh, Warner Media is deeply involved with the distribution of AEW domestically and internationally. Discovery is involved in uh, potentially what could be their their biggest TV market, their second biggest TV market. It's WWE's second biggest TV market, so why shouldn't it be AEW's second biggest TV market? More about the India TV market to come later in the program. Um, And I believe, I believe this is not a fact, but I believe that Warner Media owns a minority stake. So they're especially interested in the success of the AW business overall. Okay, what?
1: Okay, all right. Um, I'll give it a super chat. but I agree with you. Uh, just from the uh, you know s- simple mindset of sports TV rights, and we consider AW wrestling a sport. In that in that landscape are very hot right now. And why would Warner Discovery want to drop something that could possibly, you know? Go to another network and be even, you know, continue to be successful. In the aspect of people want to keep sports properties, right? They don't want to lose them. And you know?
0: and WCW in two thousand one, it was it was such a different media universe than it is today. Where in this universe today, live sports have become exceedingly valuable because it is the thing that people want to watch live. Um, that was not the case nearly to the extent it is today in 2001.
1: Uh, And not to mention too, it's starting to go towards the back to the big broadcast networks and the streaming services now. So if you're a cable network, you're trying to grab as much as you can out there to kind of have a a step ahead of from other cable networks, as far as when it comes to sports programming. Yes. Um, But I'll get to the super chat here. CWJ128. Thank you for super chat. Uh, interesting question. What was big bang theory ratings in Q4 on Wednesday night compared to AW and Q1 22. This should give an idea. If Warner brother discovery sees value in AW going forward. Thank you for the show. What was big bang. Thank you for the super chat.
0: What was big bang Theory's ratings Q4 on Wednesday compared to, um, we, we could look it up. Um, if I open uh, one of my spreadsheets here, I, I'm not, I'm not totally clear why that would be important because big bang theory is on before AEW. Um, but I would imagine it's similar. Um, I will open up Chris, Chris Gull, I think just earlier today uh, there, there's the the dynamite quarter hours as Excel opens Um Cole, I think just today discovered ratingsryan.com. Chris Gull, did you know there's a script yes. on my computer that, that scrapes ratings, every Monday because that's one the it's the only source that I know of for cable reruns that's reporting them publicly. Um <laughs> yeah, I found that amazing. He's got the top 200 on there. Yeah. So what we have here, actually this is exactly what what we need to answer this question, right? So this is these are the 730. These are the 730 airings. We can kind of see this, can make it a little bigger. Uh this is for people watching on YouTube obviously. Uh, we will describe it best we can here for audio. So what we're looking at here are all of the 7:30 airings for The Big Bang Theory on TBS on Wednesday. The episode that that is on right before Dynamite. These are sorted. Let's let's put them in uh, the opposite order. So this is not the entirety of um not the entirety of of Q4, but this is a chunk of it. This is November. I don't know why there's no October in here, but. Um, this is November and December. So, this is how many episodes in Q4? It's a seven. Um, so, what we have here is the demo was in November and December was anywhere from a 0.24 to a 0.32. And what it's doing now is in, in Q1 is doing, I would, we could probably just average this, right? That is in, in Q1, it's doing an average in the demo of 0.32. 0.32 and then a 0.27. So 0.32, it's doing better in Q1 than in Q4, essentially. Um, that's in total, that's in a, the demo, which by my my guess, based on how much AEW wants everybody to think about the demo, I imagine that's what, what TNT, or in this case, TBS cares about more. Um, so the average in total viewership was 1.17 million viewers in November December, 1.17. And then in Q1 it is 1.36 million viewers. There may there may be seasonality that's a factor in that, but Q one is doing better than Q4. So th- there's the answer to that. Uh so there, there uh and we can look at o- other aspects of AW's business. I was just gonna point out how uh you know uh attendances for for dynamite have been okay um relative to you know I don't know what you would expect. They have definitely flattened out. Um, March averaged uh, 4,000 tickets distributed according to WrestleTix. Uh, they're, they're doing a little bit better, but not much better. They have cooled off from those really hot months of uh, the fall and the winter. Uh, and we were seeing the opposite in WWE. So, so take that, WWE haters. Um, so, and I also wanted to point out in a quick tangent that... Um, AEW's out. This is since the return to touring. So this is this is in the last year. Um, AEW has been to for Dynamite, for Dynamite, Dynamite only has been to thirty-one different cities. Raw has been to thirty-four. SmackDown has been to thirty-seven. So the diversity of of venues that AEW has been to has not been as strong as Raw or SmackDown, um, and we've seen. AEW uh, you know, will soon do its first ever show in California. Uh, that that appears to be selling very well. Something like well over 10,000 tickets distributed. Um, AEW has still never been to Canada. Has never done a show outside the US. Has never been to the UK. AEW has done two UK tours. Uh, nonetheless, doing okay live event business. Live events are a secondary revenue source for wrestling at this point. As As we've learned, the big money is in media. Is in selling mainly live broadcasts of your program. Uh, pay-per-view business is doing much better than WCW's pay-per-view business was doing at, in, in the year 2001. Um, pay-per-view business is, all, all their pay-per-views are up year over year. Uh, I think that will be coming to an end uh, with All Out. I bet, I bet they can top Double or Nothing of last year, this year, but All Out, I don't think they're going to break that, that, uh, that CM Punk return pay-per-view. Now management the big question would be well well because of the merger is AEW dealing with different people overseeing that relationship between AEW and the Turner Networks. Um, my understanding is is based on basically based on how how things are written about in press here and based on like LinkedIn profiles and their titles it looks to me like TNT TBS and True TV are Managed by a lot of the same personnel at Warner Media. Anyway, um as as a result of the merger, is AW still be d- gonna be dealing with the same people? Well, according to AdWeek, what what this is uh a week ago from Thursday, April 7th, uh AdWeek had this information about some of the leadership change.
1: Yep, so with the discussion Discovery uh, Warner Media merger to set to cross the finish line as early as Friday. David Zasloff, who will be chairman and CEO of the combined company has set his leadership team for Warner brothers discovery. The team includes expanded roles for JB who who will lead all streaming efforts at the company, and Kathleen Finch, who will have oversight of almost all the company's U.S. networks. Finch, currently Chief Lifestyle Brands Officer at Discovery, will take the new role of Chairman and Chief Content Officer, U.S. networks group overseeing more than 40 U.S. networks. Her reports will include Nancy Daniels, Chief Content Officer, Discovery Factual Networks, Brett White's, General Manager of TBS TNT and True TV and Tom Asham, president of Warner Brothers Global Kids, Young Adults, and Classics.
0: Okay. So I don't know what the best way is to deal with this, but it, it looks to me like there are three layers of people here that, and maybe maybe even four if we put David Zasloff on the top, right? There's David Zasloff then then there's Kathleen Finch, and then there's then there's Brett whites. and then his subordinate, I believe, is Sam Linsky. Okay, Sam Linsky deals with AEW. Um, I don't know that we need to read all these people people's bios, but I do have them here. Um, why, why don't you tell us about S- Sam Linsky, Colo, since you you, you know yeah. everything about him?
1: Right. Well, uh, Sam Linsky, uh, in this role, he will be responsible for overseeing the development and production of the linear network scripted original programming programs, alongside Adrian Rain as senior vice president of scripted original programming. TNT, TBS, and True TV. Based in Los Angeles, Linsky reports to Brett White's, uh, where he works closely with Whites on strategy and execution of long-term plans centered around the network's evolution as well as internal teams to define project scope, goals, and deliverables, including finance and strategic planning. Linsky also manages the partnership with All Elite Wrestling for Warner Media, AEW Dynamite, the fan favorite wrestling series that debuted in 2019. TNT's number one original program and number one wrestling show on Wednesday nights to build the franchise's success. TNT created AEW Rampage, currently the number one unscripted CV unscripted series on cable. Yes.
0: Um, this is this is all from Warner Media's official website. Uh so there's Sam Linsky here, and all the all these people have just magnificent promo photos. Fo- here, here's here's uh, Brett Weitz, who's Sam Linsky's boss, I gather. Uh, look, look at the he's. He, we don't have the full picture here, but he's like sitting on a stool. He looks really engaged and ready to have a, a really engaging conversation with you here. So, uh, it's something wrestlingomics. It, it reminds me we need to invest in some some really excellent uh, promo photos. Uh, but yeah. So, I know there were um stories about layoffs as a result of of merging these companies. It's probably a lot of redundancy, and uh, that's part of the benefit. To the business, not to the employees who get laid off, obviously. But it's part of the benefit of of the business that you merge your resources together, and then you you, one of the things you don't need as much anymore is all that labor. So um, it it sounds as if some people have been laid off, um, but it doesn't sound as if the people who AEW deals with has dramatically changed. Uh, So there's that. Um, Could it could it be the case though that um, I know I've, I've seen people speculate that well, if if Kathleen Finch. Who's not gonna be overseeing the person who's overseeing the person is overseeing the, the AW relationship? If she decides she doesn't like blood and guts, bad, bad for for AEW, uh perhaps it remains to be seen. Um, and not clear to me how involved anybody beyond, you know, beyond Sam Linsky, beyond Brett White's, who's who are the people who actually authorize, yeah, we're we're willing to pay in this next round three times. What we're paying now for aew who makes that decision um i don't know and that's that's really i guess the, one of the key questions um so there's that um i i i remain um optimistic about both w and aew's next round of tv negotiations um someone was asking me earlier, earlier this week so i threw it through this illustration together um, what are my baseline expectations for the next round of negotiations? 1.5x for U.S. rights for WWE. That would move them from, this is Raw SmackDown only. Don't delude yourself and think that NXT is this $50 million property. It's not. Uh, this is Raw SmackDown only. is currently $465 million. You Multiply that by 1.5, we get to about $700 million dollars per year average annual basis, if that's the case. And I believe this rate is roughly baked into the the stock price right now, where it hovers around just over $60 per share, just over $4.5 billion in market capital. If WB gets a better deal than 1.5X, stock price will react very positively, perhaps too positively as it did five years ago. Um, If it gets a deal that's not as good as 1.5X, stock market will react negatively. Um, this is all ways off, right? This is like spring of 2023. Um, for AEW, my expectation would be around tripling the value of Rampage and Dynamite combined. Currently, for $44 million average annual value, $44 million. You multiply that by three, that's about $130 million. That would, you know, I'm, I'm saying triple AEW because we're a very biased AEW program, Triple AEW only one and a half times WWE, still, as, as people can see on YouTube, that still leaves WWE multiple times bigger in US TV rights value than AEW. In fact, $131 million, huh, for the most astute WrestleNomics listeners, $131 million probably sounds familiar to you, because that was the US TV rights value of WWE's programs uh, after the 2014 deal with NBC Universal. The disappointing uh, deal that they got, uh, around the just after the network launched, but anyway, uh, we did get a super chat, real quick. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. Uh, Glennie Codra asked, Is there a sense of profitability yet in, of, for AEW? According to Tony Khan, in in uh, in comments that
0: he gave to Forbes several months ago, uh, Forbes magazine, uh, he said he says that AEW would be profitable if not for a uh, Eight-figure investment he made in gaming. I I would think that uh, AW is not profitable right now. Um, they're probably getting a little bit more on US TV rights this year than last year, next year than this year, uh, because they probably are guaranteed to escalate a little bit by like you know five to ten percent per year. Um, but I would think probably not profitable. And the game here is to is to get is to get to this, what we're showing on the screen here, is to get to this next TV rights deal. It's fine to lose money here in the short term because they're playing for the the gamble that in this next deal, we can triple, maybe more than triple, our TV rights value. And then we become a really sustainable, profitable business. And all that loss, non-profitable time, becomes an investment that pays off in this time. Um, so probably not profitable now, probably not profitable anytime in the next year or two, but maybe 2024, or I'm sorry, it will be 2025, right? Cause it expires, probably expires December, 2024. So 2025 and forward, I would think that that is their expectation. A great upgrade in TV rights value, TV rights fees, profitable after that, uh, would be what I would, exp- I would think is their financial planning and expectations. Um, there's that. Now, the, the, the point I want to make is, is why why 3x AEW and why only 1.5x WWE? Um, as we know, WWE in terms of total viewership does double what Dynamite does. Not to not even consider Rampage, which you know has like half a million viewers. Dynamite has about one million. Raw lately has nearly two million. SmackDown on Fox, Better Network, has well over $2 million. Um, But despite doubling AEW in, in viewers, um, Turner slash WarnerMedia slash Warner Bros is getting a really great deal based on the number of viewers that they're getting. So Fox and NBCU are paying a, around $0.91 cents per viewer per hour. I, I, I'm I'm trying to figure out a way to, to say this that is not convoluted and arcane and hard to follow, but every hour that you spend in front of the TV watching WWE products, which I know Chris Golo does every Monday, Tuesday, Friday, every hour that you spend on that couch watching WWE Entertainment, you're justifying about 91 cents in value uh, that the network is paying to WWE. Uh, but every hour... That you spend in front of the couch watching AEW, just thirty three cents. Just thirty three cents. Um, so that's a much larger discrepancy than the discrepancy in viewers. The value is it's it's AEW is a way cheaper property right now per viewer per hour. Uh, we have to put hours in there because W is doing five hours a week. AEW is doing three hours a week. Um, that's that's just if we consider total viewership. And I, and I would venture to, to put out there that that total viewership does matter because total viewership, we're talking about subscribers and subscription revenue is where cable networks get the majority of their revenue from. For Fox, broadcast network, it's the minority, but they still get a lot of the revenue from subscribers. Anyway, if we look at the demo, the discrepancy is even greater. In other words, AEW is, is, is an even more of a bargain. It's four times cheaper than WWE. If we focus only on the demo, you could justify based on viewership alone, which is not the only thing that that's going to be that a future deal is going to be based on. But based on TV uh, ratings alone, compared to WB, you can make an argument that ugh, AW should get a, a four times increase in their TV rights fees compared to WB. If if you know if our product should be valued in the same way that. WWE's product is valued. I can I can hear the alarm bells going off in, in certain people's heads right now. But if per viewer, keep in mind, and I'm taking into account that WWE has a larger audience in, in P18 and 49, which it does, quadruple AEW's TV rights fees because WWE is getting quadruple the value per viewer per hour. 66 cents for AEW. You're still in the demo gulo. You're worth 66 cents every time every hour that you watch Dynamite. But every hour, this is why you should watch Raw and SmackDown more. Every hour that you spend watching Raw and SmackDown, you're worth more than two dollars and fifty cents. Four times I'll be the at Raw Live tomorrow. You? Oh, great! You're going to Raw. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I I do have the seating map in here. Um, <laughs> you're going you're going to Raw. What, what are you yes. What are you going to do there?
1: Uh, this had, uh me and a couple of buddies, uh, some local wrestlers, we're going to just get it, cheap. Are tickets you paying
0: for tickets? Are you Are you Are you being? Confident? Yeah,
1: we're, I actually just, I am paying for a ticket. Yes. Okay. Will you will you be meeting with Vince? Uh, I'll be meeting with Vince Valor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be going
0: with Vince Valor. Yeah. Okay. A uh, uh, local uh, independent wrestler. Um. <laughs> yes. Um. So there's that. Now, now we'll be granted. Uh, here's my math on how I did that. If you care. Um. I'm not going to go through that in audio. <laughs> but there's that.
1: Um. Yes.
0: That's all. Any anything else to add to that
1: before we move on? Um, I mean, just overall, it's a different landscape than it was in 2001. Uh, You know, Nitro was a declining product, um, like steadily declining product as far as live attendance and TV ratings and AEW, you know, some weeks it's flat and dips a tiny bit, but it doesn't have this giant drop off that nitro was getting i mean nitro lost what three million viewers in in the span of like i think eight months or something like that eight nine months (laughs) like and that's that that's that's huge so um i it's a product that is growing and why would discovery you know, not want that. Now, um we actually have people in the chat bring up the fact that Discovery leans a lot on unscripted series, cheap unscripted series programming. But once again, this being a sports property and them having the leverage of already, you know, having it on their network, I, I can't see them getting rid of it. Now, could there be other programs in TBS TNT that might get the boot? Possibly, but I can't see this. It's, it's live sports,
0: which is, you know, increasingly the thing that's keeping the value there. For traditional TV networks, um, and I I, w- I would add too, that we were talking about well, speculating about what's the the next deal going to be worth for WWE and AEW. The um, dog is just running here. Um, I, I I would think that uh, what's what's on the table too for the next round is we, we never find out what, what what whether there was a four x upgrade for AEW or a one point five x upgrade. Because I got to think if I'm NBC Universal or if I'm more Brothers Discovery. I just want to buy these companies because why there, there's no end to the to the growth and the value of this live sports properties. This supposed sports rights bubble that's going to burst, it's never going to burst. Uh, I'm going to have to give, if I'm Warner, Warner Discovery, I'm going to have to give AEW like a 3X, 4X increase to keep them around and happy. Um, who knows what I'll have to give them in like the, the five years after that. Why don't I just acquire this, this company, buy it outright, and not have to to worry about leasing this content over and over again. And if I'm in NBC Universal, I'm deeply involved with with WWE, uh, just like Warner is deeply involved with AEW in terms of distribution. Uh, I just want to buy WB. I just want to buy it. Replacement McMahon is head of creative, <laughs> and I just want to buy WB and not have to worry about
1: increasing the rights fees every five years. Um speaking of rights fees, we have another super chat. Thank you all for your super chats, by the way. Thank you. Uh Monique S asks, is the new AEW money deal projection including a potential Ring of Honor weekly show? Does that change the overall cost, in your opinion?
0: It's it's a it's possibly more content, which is interesting. Like we, we talked about uh Tony Khan's interview that he did last week with Mark Ramondi from ESPN, and I thought it was very conspicuous how Tony Khan speaks as if as if um the only TV network that exists for him is Warner Media. Uh, he wants to do a deal with Ring of Honor and Warner Media. Uh he's not speaking as if he wants to do a TV deal with whoever the best partner is or m- maybe many partners that he would consider. He speaks as if Warner Warner Media is the only TV network conglomerate that exists, um, which um fuels my belief that Warner media owns a stake in AEW, but it also is, that doesn't explain to me why, why ring of honor is owned separately by Tony and, and not just uh, merged into AEW LLC. But anyway, um, if, if I can refocus and, and look at, look at the uh, the question again, uh, it's just off the screen for me. Can you read the question again, Gallo, please?
1: Yep. Is the new AEW money deal projection including a potential Ring of Honor weekly show? Right. And no. does that change your overall cost? It, yeah,
0: I, I guess it, I guess it would. So I I I was considering just three hours of content there, right? Two hours of dynamite, one hour of, of rampage. Who knows what will happen? I, I understand the last episode on Sinclair for Ring of Honor is, is is coming up. Um, but it you know, maybe there's another hour that they can do there. What does that do for a TV rating though? I can't imagine it doing better than NXT could do as well as NXT, I guess. Depends on what network it's on, depends on what time slot it's on, who knows. Um, but I, I would, I mean, it's it's a it's a nice supplemental value, but it's not a huge difference. Because if, if I think that NXT, and, and why do I think that NXT is not worth that much? Uh, I, I think it's it's pretty well illustrated in this chart, where you can see NXT, in terms of its rank among programming generally, is well below the rest of the field. Um Rampage is is well above NXT in the demo and its weekly rank in the demo. Rampage is well above NXT. Um, it's it's been in decline, but it's also in a f- less favorable time slot than NXT is in. Rampage would be doing even better if it, if it had the benefit of being on Tuesday night at eight rather than Friday night at eight, Friday night at 10, excuse me. Um so Ring of Honor, I think, would have a a value, assuming it doesn't way outperform um in in ratings relative to what i think he could do i think ring of honor um adds roughly the value of of something like you know of something like nxt or something like ms and mrs or something like roads to the top it's a nice addition and you can probably get enough value back back to tony khan or back to AEW to pay for the production and it has the sort of research and development value of this is a way to 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 develop talent and to start to get them over and to to also get them experience and improve them as wrestlers Uh, so it has a lot of long-term value to aew uh, and you can probably get enough money out of a out of a broadcaster to pay for the production also but not a huge addition to tv rights value because tv rights value is mostly concentrated in these most highly ranked programs
1: we did get another super chat but i have a quick question uh now this is where like I think Ring of Honor Weekly Show could be a property that also could be on a streaming service, uh, you know. And with this Warner Discovery merger, though, I bring up the my first the beginning of the show was, do you think they possibly merge these streaming services, or if they're two separate entities, HBO Max and Discovery Plus, the chance of Ring of Honor being on one of those is probably very likely. But if you merge them together, I don't know. What? Why? Why? Why would merging them change it? Um, I, I mean, I don't think that like they're going to focus on a certain amount of programming. Like there's only so much focus and resources. Why would they pay for a ring of honor show when they are literally lumping all these original programming into one, you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, off at that point there, but.
0: No, I, I think, I don't know. You could have ring of honor on true TV or something like that. One hour show in prime time. I don't know. Um, But I think, I think it's, it's still quite likely that someday AW um gets a a peacock like deal to put some form of their content on some sort of Warner Discovery streaming platform probably a, a merged HBO Max and and um and Discovery Plus something like that um maybe it involves pay per view for them maybe not but uh i think that that's something that eventually happens
1: uh so tim b uh, with the super chat, if Warner did own part of AEW, w wouldn't there be some sort of s e c filing when that happened? no, because
0: so Warner media until this moment has been owned by a t and t which is a much larger company than Warner media <clears throat> so um it would have to the 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 transaction would have to be material um in, in my very cursory understanding of the SEC rules, um, this, is this, this is sort of rel- relative to the question, it's related to the question of like Sinclair, uh, I understand, has a, an earnings report coming up. I'm sure Lavi Margolin will be watching closely. Um, we're probably not even going to get detail about Sinclair's transaction to Tony Khan for the Ring of Honor property because the Ring of Honor property is probably not big enough to be material to Sinclair's business, and would a, a minority stake in AEW, especially whenever they they acquired it, if they did, speculation only. If they did, um, would not be big enough. Let's imagine a universe where Warner Media is, an, is is an independent publicly traded company. I don't think it would even be big enough to have to disclose in that that scenario. Let alone a scenario in which Warner Media is but a subsidiary of a much larger company, AT and so that's a pretty small transaction on the scale of those businesses.
1: All right. I think we can finally uh thanks move everything. on. But this was a very interesting topic.
0: Um are Here. we did I did I go through everything? <clears throat> I think so. Yeah.
1: I'm pleased so yeah. So uh we're gonna move on. Uh discuss this here uh satnam singh is all elite he uh debuted this wednesday on dynamite as well as was on the battle of the belts last evening yeah. uh making an appearance as well did, did, did you um, watch
0: uh dynamite did you watch his debut
1: oh uh, yeah I, I have i have seen the debut and i also saw what happened last night um give a little update or not update a little background behind, uh, Singh I'm is I'm the the sports guy here. I try to be, uh, so he was a draft pick from the Dallas Mavericks. He never played in the NBA. Uh, he played in the NBA G league for two years. So he was a 2015 draft pick in the second round. He played in the G league for two years, which is the NBA developmental league, uh, from 2015, 2016. Um, his stats were not mind blowing at all. Like, uh, per game, he averaged, uh, Let's see here. So yeah, per game he averaged about. Uh, well, he played nineteen games of fifteen to sixteen, only eight in 17, but a, about a point, one point six points uh, per game, uh, and minutes were about six minutes uh, overall per game. So uh, not an impact player in the NBA G League. Uh, obviously, basketball didn't work out for him, and they're looking at avenues. And very impressive uh, height, seven foot four, and. I'm assuming he's being trained by QT Marshall, but I we I don't know if we found that out yet. He's, he's, but I know he's, Anthony posted the, a picture.
0: He's being trained at the Nightmare Factory. I
1: believe that's been yeah. in public. I you know Anthea Gogo, who was the other uh athlete turned to pro wrestler by AEW, um, you know, posted a picture. And and now I I want to bring up this topic. These moves are very WWE-ish. And the aspect of Get these larger life characters or these people from other backgrounds and turn them into pro wrestlers. We've seen for the most part, AEW has just taken pro wrestlers and put them on their programming. But now we have Anthony Ogogo, Paige Van Zant, and Satnam Singh now. Maybe i would say Jade tr-
0: Cargill, even. I don't believe she ever yeah. wrestled before AEW, no. right? Um, nope, she did not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, this was what uh, you watched this. I don't know if you watched it live. Did you watch it live?
1: I didn't watch it live. I watched it uh, probably like an hour or so after.
0: Are you, are you, how, how did, oh no, the internet, how, how did, how did Twitter react to this? How did
1: some people react to this? Twitter did not like it. Okay. um, And did not like the way they debuted him. They did the lights off, lights on thing. Uh, And I think Tony Khan even commented on this. I want to say it was Busted Open. He commented on this uh, that he probably would have done the debut differently as well. Um, and uh, a slide let's that. just say the reviews of last night are much better than the reviews of Wednesday of how they're presenting him. OK,
0: um, I, I, I think Dave Meltzer's reported that this was a, a, a part of the motivation of putting Satnam Singh on TV or, you know, trying to develop him into a star is uh, to appeal to the Indian market, to appeal to their Indian TV partner, which is Discovery, which Your is... Report. Eurosport.
1: Um, so you said it was WWE-like. What do you mean by that? Yes. Oh, look at this large guy, and he's an athlete. Yeah, we gotta get him on TV. He's so tall, he's so tall. <laughs> like, I and tall. I don't think height is. And I don't know Tony Khan like personally or how he thinks, but I don't think height is a factor for him when thinking if a wrestler can be a star in his company. Mm-hmm you know I- yeah
0: um i th- i think it was it it, it felt to w- like in that at least to me and maybe i'm you know i have a skewed view of it because we're we're i do a show called russellomics um but in that it was appealing to a business partner with less concern it's this is how it could be perceived it was appealing to a business partner that is their tv partner in india rather than at the expense of the sentiment of their fans um which is something that is Increasingly been the case for WWE as more and more of their revenue has come not from fans, and more and more of the revenue has come from business partners, and will continue to come from business partners over time. Um, people love this this chart that I'm showing on on the screen. It illustrates something that resonates to people. Where you know the around the year 2018, around around the timing of the beginning of the Saudi deal, where they start getting 100 million dollars from the Saudi government every year. Uh, then they start to get more the majority of their revenue W does gets the majority of their revenue from business partners rather than directly from consumers and that will become more so the case because of the growth in value of tv rights fees which are guaranteed to escalate every year um now people talk as if oh, thank god AEW is exactly the same <laughs> in terms of that breakdown um Less so in 2021, probably, than 2020, just because, mainly because of the pandemic, and they didn't, you know, AEW wasn't able to sell very many tickets because of the pandemic. But AEW, I strongly believe, gets the majority of their revenue, not from fans, even though they have better relationship with their fans than WWE may. AEW gets the majority of their revenue from business partners, and that will probably continue to be the case, and will become more so the case with time, and with the increase of TV rights payments, especially if they get a 3x increase or a 4x increase, as I'm speculating. Um, so that's that's a balance. Um, that's a balance that uh that AEW has to to, to make and in terms of not alienating their fans and not not uh, hurting their relationships with their business partners or making sure that sure they're having wonderful relationships wonderful relationships with their business partners. Lord knows they love their business partners and will do anything for their business partners because ultimately their business partners hold the key to their distribution, their ability to reach those fans. Without those fans and without a good relationship with those fans, um, you're just told nonstop action and we know what happened with them. Um, but anyway, um, we can, we're not going to break down all the reasons why that angle on, on Wednesday night didn't go well. Uh, but Tony did say that, uh, he listened to somebody who had 30 years experience in the business. Um, that was, that was somebody else's idea, but nonetheless he approved it. Um, which, um, makes me, th- you know, it, it reminds me of one of the things that, that frustrates me a lot about wrestling, which is that, um, people who had their, their greatest success, you know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, um, oftentimes, uh, they will suggest ideas that are uh, not the greatest ideas for today. Um, we have all these highly respected veterans who have, you know, thirty years, forty years, twenty years of experience, whatever it might be. These people who had their breakout success roughly that long ago uh, now suggesting, and we all worship them as if they are as if they are infallibly right. Because there's no way to objectively measure whether or not they're right. We just sort of take their credibility as intrinsically has to be true. I mean, this is this this dynamic is entirely what what fuels the seminar market in independent wrestling. Um but oftentimes, you know, they they give you advice that's that's great and super important. But just I think just as often they're just as capable of suggesting ideas that may well have worked twenty, thirty years ago, but will not work, especially for a new wrestler in this time. This may or may not be related to Satnam Singh's situation, but it comes to mind.
1: All right. And uh I I guess this would be a, a good place to put it before we uh kinda move on to the next story. Uh Tony Khan is teasing another huge announcement this Wednesday. Um I read somewhere is did a belief of a super show with New Japan in the summer.
0: Yeah Super J Cast is uh was the first to uh, break that yes there's yeah yeah and uh, i believe june june is the there's there's a date that's been mentioned um another announcement
1: well it makes the whole end new japan world story that we talked about last week just make more sense that continuing sure. relationship between sure. the two companies but Arya we will move on to our next story here and uh, we have heard talks of it but now it has been official uh that on uh, and this is from uh uh Stanford going gear the business wire uh WWE today announced that the first major WWE stadium to be ha- event to be held in the United Kingdom for more than 30 years and more than 30 years will emanate from Principality Stadium in Cardiff Wales on Saturday September 3rd 2022 yes
0: I don't have much to add to this. We expected this, this is sort of confirmation of what I think people like Alex McCarthy had been reporting, um, that they're going to do a big stadium show in September, Saturday, Labor Day weekend, same weekend. There's no date announced for all out, but same weekend as all out will be, um, on different continents. Nonetheless, that will be a, a big weekend for wrestling. Um, and will it will it compete? Will it cut into AEW's uh, pay per view buys performance? We'll see. Um, somewhat, maybe they're going to air at different times,
1: for sure. Well, different days, really, too. So I don't.
0: I mean, we don't. We don't know if this is going. If all out is going to be Saturday or Sunday. I, don't, I we would have to look back to see what what was it in years prior. Um, I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday last year, uh, but
1: we'll see uh real quick too. Deuce did a super chat just a comment uh kind of what i pointed brought up earlier ring of honor doesn't need a tri- traditional tv necessarily could absolutely work as first run content on hbo max in the u.s
0: sure um, i mean i think that's that's not out of the question especially if it's um if it's a good enough deal for for ring of honor or for tony khan if, in terms of payment or otherwise um i think it's you know it's it just depends on reach it depends on money it depends on anything else that comes with it both you know for both sides um if i were him though i would want it to be on some sort of higher reach platform like like even true tv um and, and i and i think a lot of you know i should i should have mentioned earlier when we we're talking about speculation for tv rights i i think that it's quite likely that both of these tv deals are going to end up it's not just going to be WWE's renewed with you know staying on USA Network, staying on Fox, but that well, x number of raw episodes are going to go on Peacock. X number of uh, I don't I don't know Fox doesn't really have a platform there, right? And that's that's part of the issue. But that yeah you know, that's another story. It's something we talked about in the past. But I, I I do think streaming rights will be a part of these deals, probably for WB, maybe for AEW too.
1: Um, we got another super chat uh, as this could be ballooned into a much bigger topic, but uh, uh, MJ, uh, he asked, what would the downside to Tony con buying new Japan? What would be the downside of that? The cost. I don't think that would happen, <laughs> but um, I don't, I don't think Bushi road is going
0: to part with that. Um, the, there's probably running a company in the United States. is probably very different from running a company in Japan. Um, I think, um, just the, the, the connections, the understanding of the market that one would have to have, uh, if, if he's going to oversee somebody else to do it, I guess, but that doesn't seem to, to be his style so far. He just wants yeah. to do it himself.
1: I think there's going to be a future partnership when it comes to new Japan, and the United States though, we see, they just had windy city riot in Chicago. They really are trying to run shows. They're mostly on the weekends. Uh, and AW doesn't want run weekend house shows so maybe they would lend some resources and help but i don't see a purchase or anything
0: no um i i guess you could make the argument that well they want to be a global company and they they clearly don't know how to do that uh they know how to do good business in japan when there's not a pandemic um but you know i i could make them a stronger global company than they can make themselves a, a global company um but also Bushiroad is is not a small company in in the in in this scale of business um it is substantially smaller than WB. um but i don't know i, I think it would take a lot for Bushiroad to part with with uh in Japan.
1: all right uh move on here to some uh viewership uh charts you got merchandise revenue and a, a lot of uh WWE uh, statistics to throw at us here. I, I,
0: I just bring this up before we talk a little about, about Google Trends. Uh, Jesse Collins was asking me, responded to something on Twitter. Uh, I, I guess because I was showing how, you know, if we look at look at this animation real quick, we look at this is Google Trends in the United States, Google Web Search in the United States. This is illustrating WWE. We have got the uh, the other promotions well below it, um, and as we can see the animation going here, we get to a peak in 2016. Peak. Uh, if we look at look at just a still image of this, when does it peak? It peaks in October 2016. Uh, web search is not economics necessarily. I think it tells us something about economics, but it's, it does not have anything to do with direct revenue generation, but it would suggest that the popularity peak for WB in October 2016. And when I say peak, I'm talking about a timeline of roughly from, you know, 2010 to the present. Was 2016 most Popular year for WWE in that time. Um, there's some other consumer based metrics to suggest that, uh, to suggest that's the case. Um, we know if we're just talking about finances, because of WWE's enormous revenue that they generate from business partners, that yes, they're doing better financially in this year and in last year than they have done in any year prior. And they will do better this year and the year after that and the year after that because of the nature of growing TV rights values. But anyway, I'm talking about fan interest, consumer interest. I think WE did peak in popularity leading up to 2016 and falling thereafter. Um, and I guess Jesse's point was that maybe we're not giving enough credit to, to that time and maybe to the talent that were featured during that time. Um, because, okay, what, what else do we see to support this? Well, we see I don't know about TV ratings. You know, TV ratings are hard to to judge in this environment. Uh, it's kind of the same thing, because for opposite reasons, for the network subscribers. But if we look at merchandise revenue, um, venue merchandise revenue is largely influenced by ticket sales. But if we look at online merchandise sales, those grew, and you know, from 2012, every year, peaking in 2017, and then declining in years after. And then we get to the pandemic stage where maybe it's offsetting some lack of any merchandise. Uh, but in product licensing revenue, which is, among other things, driven by video game sales and toy sales, uh, that does peak in 2017. Remember, the Google web search is peaking in October 2016, so the, the, towards the end of 2016. I guess that would add up. Worldwide ticket sales, according to WICC filings, which are supposed to be paid ticket sales. it's not include comps. Uh, I'm combining international and North America here, but we do see an increase peaking in 2017 for total sales. Now I know that's driven by probably an increase in the number of live events that they're running, but the average ticket sales per event peaked in 2016 and then fell thereafter. Uh, and then we see web search both worldwide and in the United States peaking in 2016. So I think, uh, why, well, why did this happen? Um, why did, would interest in WWE, if it did, seems to have been the case. Interest in WWE grew in 2016, peaked, and then fell thereafter. Uh, Roman Reigns a draw, the needle mover. Roman Reigns, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him, even though Wheeler, Wheeler Udo. You know, oh, wait, we'll talk about it in a moment. But maybe, maybe the, the shield helps. Um, treating women like actual wrestlers helps. Uh, I think NXT helped too. I think NXT was a... Was a you know, NXT... This does not include any ticket sales for NXT in, in this uh, ticket sales chart that we're looking at here. This is the only main roster. Um, but I think the the, the growth of, of NXT as a brand helps. But uh, this, this, those three Shield members help. And I think um, in some ways, you could say that John Cena was towards the end of his career as a full-timer was sort of at the height of his powers. Um, so there's that. Anyway, we'll move on to, to a little bit more about Google Trends. Um, where I just wanted to, uh, besides WB, um, we all can also see that NXT peaked around the same time, which makes sense that NXT would correlate with WB peaks in December, 2016. Um, and now I I, I was surprised to to realize this, that AEW's Google web search in the United States is peaking right now in March, 2022. I know it's April, but we're, we're only looking at full months here, so. Upward trajectory. We've not seen the ceiling for what web search can be for AEW. Um, and actually, this is a more a more granular look at the same data for people looking at YouTube or just looking at a, at a line chart that focuses only on the the non-WWE brands here, including AEW. NXT. Well, NXT is a W brand, but it, but but not the the flagship. W brand in terms of that. This is, these are the Google uh, topics that we have selected. AEW, NXT, Impact, Ring of Honor. Uh, I believe New Japan is somewhere even below Ring of Honor. Maybe it got up above Ring of Honor at some point. But but anyway, uh, Ring of Honor peaks in November 2015. As we mentioned, AEW peaks in March 2022. NXT peaks in December 2016. I'm not going to quiz you about what was what was happening in NXT in December 2016, Chris Call, Although I am tempted, I want want it to be known that I am tempted. Impact peaks December 2010. The um, the the Hogan thing is is January 2010, right? So this is about a year. Uh, Oh yeah, about a year later. For what it's worth, um, there is that. We can also look at Japan real quick. I've got six. Six companies for Japan, including WB, but New Japan is by far the leader. Um, and Stardom, we've discussed this before, Stardom has exceeded WWE. Uh, Stardom is number two for web search in Japan among wrestling companies. Uh, number three, looks like Dragon Gate and Noah are, are in a dead heat here. Um, and then we have well below that, All Japan. And uh, well, actually, WWE is above either Dragon Gate or Noah. Anyway, there's that. And that's the same thing we just looked at. Okay. Uh, just running through some things real quick here, I guess. Uh, YouTube views for last week. So not, uh, this is for, what does this say? April the 8th, which is a Friday. So two Fridays ago through April 15th, this past Friday, the most watched wrestling clip from a wrestling company is, this is slightly out of date. The, the top two. The one of them is from SmackDown. Acknowledge him. With uh, this, this says 2.37, but now more than 2.4 million views. Roman Reigns orders the Usos to unify the tag team titles and takes out Nakamura. That's from SmackDown two SmackDowns ago. Um, but from the same night, uh, approaching with it, you can, see, you can see the trajectory. Isn't this fun? This is finally we're seeing the products of my Python work. Um, you can see the trajectory where you know uh, the 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 rains clip, you know it it jumps up to past a million views in less than half a day. It hits two million views at about the one day mark, and then it's then it quickly flattens out. But then there's this Wheeler Yuta has earned the respect of the Blackpool Combat Club that that has a pretty he- pretty healthy growth for several days after the clip is posted. Uh, it, that clip is now surpassed. At least yesterday, I haven't looked this morning, but yesterday it surpassed the rains clip. Um. I, of course had the nerve to tweet this and people are sending me hate mail messages about it, but so be it. Um I... <laughs> yes. So that that's what's happening with YouTube. Uh, W will report its first quarter earnings on Cinco de Mayo, May the 5th, Thursday, uh, with conference call as usual at five o'clock. Uh, we will, we'll be covering it as always in the most detail. Uh, f- finally, finally, we have some, uh, uh, speaking of acquisitions,
1: yeah, so uh, a story that's kind of came out this week now, uh, on WrestleMania Sunday, uh, Bert Lauderdale posted this picture on Twitter of him and Stephanie McMahon. And there were the, the cat, the quote tweets were absolutely hilarious on Twitter, but uh, he mentioned on, I believe, the GCW podcast, the reports keep saying Lauderdale's podcast, but I'm, I'm assuming it was the GCW podcast, it's on Patreon, yeah. Um, but he he reported that the largest wrestling company in the world was interested in the blood sport product which is the josh burnett's blood sport that they run two to three times a year uh and he did also mention later on in that podcast that stephanie mcmahon invited him to wrestlemania in a suite um now so of course people are just putting two, two and two together WWE wants to buy blood sport well it was pointed out i saw a point on the internet that Technically, W would they are they the largest wrestling company in the world or is it Cyberfight? And recently Cyberfight and GCW came to an agreement to put GCW programming on Wrestle Universe.
0: To be clear, so that, to be clear, Cyber yeah. Agent uh um, Cyber Agent. Cyber Agent is a IT company that is much bigger than any wrestling company. They are the parent company of Cyberfight, which owns yeah. DT and NOAA. Uh, Cyber Fight, I'm sure, is much smaller than WWE, to be clear. Uh, but they, yeah. but they are a large parent company that, I believe, wholly owns Cyber Fight.
1: Yeah. And just real quick side story, too. We mentioned last week about the uh, AEW New Japan uh, World Deal. It was also uh, announced last week that matches featuring uh, Wrestle Universe talent. So, talent from DDT, Noah, and Yoshi Pro that were on AWTV will be on the Wrestle Universe streaming service. So, uh, that was also so just I want to kind of bring up that side note too. But yeah, so we don't know what exactly what Lauderdale was referring to. Um, WWE being interested in Bloodsports interesting because it gives me, uh, um, uh, not tough enough, uh, Brawl for All vibes. <laughs> If WV took a if WV took control of it. But uh yeah, I found it very interesting. I mean it doesn't we seem have like the kind about- of
0: product that that WB family friendly would want to yeah. be involved in.
1: No. We've talked about the growth of GCW, and I think you started including them out on, on some charts and trends and stuff like that, and how they have grown over and the last, you know,
0: Lavi has, a, years. has an article on wrestlings.com that we should plug that covers attendances for non WE non-AEW companies in q1 including gcw that people should check out if they haven't already
1: yeah it's a very in-depth business breakdown of anything non-e-w and non-wwe as far as attendance draws in business yes but yeah so uh this was an interesting story to come out of course the internet's running with it that 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 wb is acquiring <laughs> bloodsport acquiring gcw but i don't think that's the case if they really liked the bloodsport idea
0: why do they need to acquire it? They can just do their own thing. If, if in, if in exactly. some universe they wanted to do work, shoot fights with no ropes, it's not like I, I don't think they would have any problem legally copying that idea. You know.
1: And and my theory, and I have literally no, you know, knowledge of this, but my theory would be that it is Wrestle Universe, and that they would be wanting to do a blood sport show in Japan. I see. Okay. Um. One oh, quick WWE note I wanted to bring up here I forgot to tell you out uh, there. This past week on Young Rock, yes. they teased the Roman Reigns uh, uh, Rock WrestleMania main event. Yeah, I mean I cross programming
0: that man. seems quite likely. I mean that seems quite possible. Uh, who knows? I mean I think as John Pollock had a, a write up on it on post wrestling it, it, which I don't have much to add to. It all all comes down to what what can Dwayne Johnson make time for and there's an injury risk there that could affect his his filming you know
1: uh this year on young rock is very wwe and memphis wrestling heavy so this
0: is on nbc right yes yep we got lance russell somebody playing the role of lance
1: russell no this is what they did they did jerry lawler in that role of being the interviewer (laughs) that's, that's <laughs> instead of uh, instead of Lance Russell, they that's had actor play Jerry Lawler. Yeah, but exactly we, we've religious. seen actors play Bam Bam Bigelow and Harvey Whippleman and Jeff Jarrett and others. So, so it's Rocky been very, Johnson, it's very of course, right? Um. Yep. Yep. His his Memphis run at, towards the end of his career there. Yeah. So Jerry Lawler played, but like he he was the actor. Was Jerry Lawler the
0: actor or someone playing? No, there Jerry was Lawler. an actor
1: playing Jerry Lawler in the Lance Russell role. That's
0: terrible. That's unacceptable. I, I, I don't know. It might be a good show. I haven't watched any of it.
1: So. Oh, some the the chat keeps bringing up Raw Underground was bloodsport. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is true.
0: And maybe it's just Stephanie trying trying to get at Shane, trying to make him mad.
1: It's I I will say the pictures were hilarious when you know on Sunday you're seeing all these GCW uh, talents just taking pictures with Stephanie. So yeah. I would love to know
0: the, the story with what, what is happening here. Where, where were they? How did this situation
1: happen? Fascinating. Well, you know, GCW gets ECW comparisons, you know, it's, well, they're good for business.
0: Yeah. Hopefully we see Nick Gage uh, come out, come to raw and debate Paul Heyman or something. Um, anyway. Uh, that, that, that's all. Yeah. This is just the, the ticket map for, for Buffalo for raw, I believe 6,000 distributed, something like that right now. You'll have to give us some reports next week. Um, but that's all. Um, thanks to everybody for all the super chats today. That was a lot. That was, that was very nice. Uh, if you press thumbs up, that really helps people find this, uh, share and subscribe. Um, the live TV ratings talk, I am strongly considering uh not doing that weekly anymore but i will i will do it on a breaking news basis when it when it's called for uh when there's something like rampage and smackdown going head-head to for 30 minutes as they did in october or uh, there's some big ratings story we will we will do it uh then but we're thinking about some other ideas uh for for midweek uh podcasts, something like that so if you have any suggestions uh pl- please uh throw them at me um the patreon as always is at patreon.com slash you get the tv ratings reports that come out nearly every day quarter hours for at the moment i've got been reporting quarter hours for wnaw you get access to the giant rustlenomics viewership spreadsheet uh you do not get an audio version of live tv ratings talk every week i need mean, to change that uh and occasional other reporting that i do uh patreon.com slash
1: what about you um check me out chris go on twitter facebook uh, of course i got my other podcast rediscovering indies it's a monthly podcast our part three of our Bur apprentice deep dive should be out next week um you could check that out uh, rta Pod on uh twitter and instagram rediscovering indies on facebook and uh yeah just you know and i'm doing a lot of upcoming dates here but uh, uh next week i'll promote my next Well, actually, in two weeks, I'll promote my next ring announcing event or whatever. But you never know where I'm going to show up in the wrestling world. Okay.
0: And that's all for this week. Thanks, uh, as always, to our media distribution partners. Oh, my God. We love our media distribution partners post-wrestling. We'll talk to everybody next time. See ya.